1: I'm Troy Singer, along with my friend and co host, Bart Kaler, where each week we do our best to bring higher ed marketers that we admire to the entire community that everyone can benefit from. I would like to say that these two next episodes are sponsored by Manafera, and we have the co founder and leader of the organization, Fatan Sopa, where he does an excellent job of describing both in general. And then for higher ed marketers specifically, search engine marketing for higher ed. Bart, you kind of geeked out with him for a little bit, but I think our (laughs) listeners are going to benefit greatly. I know I learned so much from Fatan and from you.
0: Yeah, it's a great conversation. I think that uh, search engine marketing, I think so many times we get caught up on one aspect of that, which is search engine optimization or pay-per-click. But search engine marketing is kind of the big tent that everything sits under when it comes to search. And I love the fact that Faton goes into kind of the different searches that are out there, the intent that our users have, and, and uh, kind of really kind of brings a lot of the more technical things down to a shelf that everybody can, can reach. And so really good information here and some really practical advice that you can walk away with and, and implement yourself.
1: Here is our conversation with Faton Sopa. Fatan, thank you for joining the podcast today. I know it's uh, interesting for us because there's a seven hour difference that you know, we are working with, so thank you
2: for joining us. Thanks for having me, uh, Troy and Bart. Excited to be on the show.
1: We ask all of our guests at the very beginning, please share something interesting or fun or something that you think people would also like to know, something that you've learned this week.
2: We are currently running a leadership development program and where I am trying to build a leadership team at at the company I'm running. And I got surprised by uh, two of the members that were part of this leadership program who who came to me and and actually gave me feedback about how I can improve. (laughs) And it was really great because we changed seats for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was great to see things from their perspective on on things that they they think that I can improve. And, And actually, it's good to feel that they are helping me as well. So the,
1: the teacher became the
2: student for a little while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> frankly, that's my goal, to make them better than me, like, and I just got get out.
1: Well, good for you and good for them. If you would, please let our listeners know, uh, Fatan, a little bit about who you are and then the organization that you lead.
2: I come from, from Kosovo, uh, Southeast Europe. I run a, uh, an SEU agency. Uh, basically, we are eight years old now of 50 plus people. We work with higher education institutions on, on helping them get more business from search engines. And more business means more, more applications and more students. My personal experience goes back to being 15 years old and now I'm 34. So do the math. <laughs> I started with, by teaching myself development programming languages and I built websites and applications and, 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 and all of this and then had a background in marketing and bachelor and master. And then I, I brought these two together to establish the digital marketing agency. And then after, after some years, we specialized on SEO and content marketing, link building, digital PR and others as part of the, this SEO uh, agency.
0: Great. So I, I, I love this topic because it's one of my favorites is because I think that there's a, so many ways to do lead generation. And I think search engine marketing is one of the key ways. I mean, back in the day, and even, even today, I think a lot of people still, there's a lot of relationship building that happens with, you know, college fairs and other things like that. But we have to keep in mind that so many people are starting their college search by asking Google, I read a, a stat the other day that I think yeah. 92% of all internet sessions start with a search engine. And guess what? 91% of those are Google. And so we're talking about search engine marketing today. And I think that search engine marketing covers a lot of different things. And I think, you know, Fatan, you just kind of gave a little bit of a, a tease to you know where I want to kind of start is search engine marketing. I think a lot of people kind of all of a sudden say, oh, he's talking about SEM. He actually means SEO. Well, search engine marketing includes SEO, but it includes a lot of other things, too. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what all search engine marketing contains? It's a
2: high-level term that includes a lot of sub-disciplines, let's say, like that. Search engine marketing uh, implies search engine optimization. That means organic results, those not paid results on Google. Then as well as paid search results, which basically is Google Ads if we are talking about Google, then uh, under uh, under organic results, uh, which means SEO, basically, then we go with content marketing and uh, link building, digital PR, lead generation, uh, landing page optimization, lead tracking, and all of this. Then, as part of the uh, of Google Ads, we as Uh, we as well go with conversion rate optimization, landing page development optimization, uh, campaign campaign strategies, and and, and all this. So it it can go really depth uh, in terms of um, expertise that it requires to get the best out of the um, search
0: engine marketing. It does contain a lot of disciplines, and I think that that's one thing that I think a lot of people forget and miss is that search engine marketing is the big umbrella. And like you said, it does have a lot of those different things. And I I also want to be really clear that, you know, a lot of people automatically go to Google and we did for good reasons because Google does have a big chunk of the area. But maybe just kind of tell us some of the other search engines that people might not recognize. I mean, they're going to say Google, they're going to say Bing but I know that there's a lot more and I know the number two search engine is not Bing. It's another Google platform. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, Surge is
2: quite wide. It has started with platforms like uh, AltaVista and, uh, and then Google and some others before AltaVista actually. But then as the market develops, we started to see search expand into other verticals. And then it became every website basically that has a search bar and has an algorithm behind it, can be called a search engine. For, uh, uh, and, and then we had search engine verticals, like if people want to search for music, the best search engine that might go, might not be Google actually, it might be Spotify. Or if they want to search for, for video content, then they might go to YouTube. So that's a search engine. Or for example, it might go, if they are searching to buy a product, or or if the views, they might go to Amazon. So depending on the context and the intent of the user that is making that surge, then the platforms goes after it. So, so surge is quite bigger than the Google itself. But, but because Google has that kind of monopoly on the market, basically it's it has the majority of the market in the US, but and in, uh, uh, in the whole globe actually. Uh, apart from some some uh, um, some countries like China has its own search engine and, and Russia has its own search engine, but for the rest of the world, google uh, has the majority of the market share so that 's why when we talk about SEO if we are serving these markets, then it means we are talking for for google mostly
0: yeah and I think it 's um, you know and what I was hinting at too, you kind of said it the the YouTube is the second largest search yeah. engine behind Google. Yeah. But I love the fact that you're kind of identifying the fact that the content is going to be specific to those things. And so we've got to make sure that we're optimized for for search, not just for Google, but for these other places that, that we might be showing up. I mean, I read a statistic the other day that I don't know if it was millennials or, or Generation Z are starting to prefer to do search on TikTok, <laughs> which kind of blows my mind. But that's a whole nother area of, of search that's that's kind of evolving. So when we talk about search engine marketing, another feather in that whole quiver that we've got to think about.
2: If we analyze it, uh, I mean, search is a demand-driven channel. And uh, um, we, uh, basically, the websites that are there and the content that are there serves, it's meant to serve the intent of the user. We might have different channels, for example, TikTok, uh, the, the intent and the type of the content that, tep- that people want to consume on TikTok is quite different compared to the content that they want to consume on YouTube. For example, while someone might search on TikTok for how to tie a tie, the, the, the length of the content is different, the narrative might be different, the graphics might be different, but then if they go to YouTube, then they, by, they might be looking for more long content, a content that go more, in depth that uh, that helps them, them learn. And then if they want to like expand their search, they might go to Google. And that is different actually for each industry. And then it, it mm-hmm. might be different for each discipline and then different for each of the content under that discipline as well.
1: We've talked about channels. I'd like to talk about when I think me, as far as the larger public think about SEO, we think about, okay, in order to be, effective at it we need to make sure that our content has the right words or the right phrases so we are attracting the type of people who are searching for us can you kind of tease that out where that thinking is correct incorrect and what additionally should we be doing to
2: fully optimize seo content is one of the three three pillars of the seo uh and by the way i consider the three pillars um lane building technical SEO, and content marketing. Everything else falls under this one, like uh, digital PR basically is just a new sexy name for, uh, for limb building, just the approach and the angle is different. Uh, yeah, the, the, the content, we have heard this phase, the word, the content is king. Well, it is true, because the reason why people go to search, to search for a query, is to consume content and content is the only way how you can fulfill that demand of the user that's coming from search engines and not only from search engines that might uh, come directly referral or from other sources so the content helps helps you not only answer the question that people are asking for in, uh, on search engines but as well it helps you to establish that that credibility, that authority, uh, that you have as institutions in st- in front of your future students. If we are talking about higher education institution, it also helps you build that kind of relationship with that user, which in the future can be your a student studying at your university. So the content actually is there to serve a purpose that uh, that fulfills that fulfills the intent of the user during that stage of their journey. And the content might be different depending on the phase that the user is. For example, if they are searching, if they are in the beginning of the decision-making process, they, they, uh, they tend to search for, for queries, for keywords that are, are more general. For example, a master's degree worth it or is a bachelor's degree worth it? And then, once they start to to actually understand and learn more about the master degree or 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 bachelor, then they might search for something like a master degree in business versus in engineering, or master in business versus versus MBA or MBA in business versus in management. Then, once they learn more about that, they might search for terms that are more specific. For example mba in new york then this helps them narrow down their search until they come to to mom a moment where they're ready to serve a decision and the goal of content marketing is to serve the users answers for each question during this uh, during their journey and help them narrow down until they come to a phase where they request more information and then become a lead. And then that mission team can take over to try actually to convert them to to enrollment and, and so forth. So the content is the fuel, the fuel of SEO basically. Right.
0: I love that, and and it really really goes along with what I've talked a lot about. I mean, Troy recognizes this, and a lot of our listeners do as well. As I talk a lot about this idea, and and I have to I have to say I've borrowed it from Jay Bear, from uh, his book Utility, and he uh, he was on the podcast a few months ago, and and you know one of the things that I really learned when I read that book seven or eight years ago was. You know, we have to answer the questions that people ask. I mean, that is the most successful marketing is not about promoting ourselves, but answering the questions that people ask. And I love how you just, uh, you know, illustrated that, Fatana, is the idea that people start off with these broad questions and then they keep narrowing it down, but it keeps being questions. People are out there looking for answers to the questions that they have. I mean, you know, 25 years ago, if you had a question about, uh, going to college, you might go and ask your mom, or you might ask yeah. your dad, or you might ask a teacher. That doesn't happen anymore. They ask Google, and, and that is the case for everything. And we've got to start accepting that. I talk with a lot of uh, a lot of people, and that's we've got to be able to create content around enough content on our website that's going to provide that fuel as you've as you've indicated, Faton. And I think that's so critical. And I I love the fact too that you also talked about authority. So tell me a little bit more about that because, I mean, if we can capture them with the qu- the answer to the question that they have, that landing page, and you talked about that being part of this umbrella of search engine marketing, that landing page then becomes so critical for us to get them from, I'm going to click on your link because I think you're going to answer my question, I'm scanning, looking for that answer, and if I feel like you've earned my trust, I'm going to fill out the form. Tell me about that process.
2: Yeah. Well, um authority goes into two directions, authority of the website uh, in front of Google's algorithms and authority of the website with the user in the moment the user reads uh, your content. If we see the authority from the Google's eye, what that means is that the, uh, the content of your website, the everything on your website should actually match to the topics that you are being ranked for. And the keyword here is topics. So I'm not talking about the keywords because the keywords like uh, can be different. Actually, if the authority is built in a proper way on different topics, then the keywords start to actually perform better. How does this works? Well, basically, if you are a website, uh, if you are a, a higher education institution, a college or university, and you are offering let's say three programs like just to make it simple you offer mba you offer master in engineering and master in in it if you have content on your website that talks about psychology and everything around this then you might miss that kind of of authority in front of google why because if if your entire website is talking about mba and it and engineering then all of a sudden you're having some content about psychology and all, all the websites that have a link back to you have links that actually are, are relevant to, to MBA, to, to IT and engineering. That means that you do not have the kind of authority to talk about psychology and it might take mm-hmm. you more time to rank for those keywords. So if you come up with a degree in psychology, then, It might require some more time to perform to the level that all the programs are performing depending on the market condition as well does it answer the question that people are are searching for and is it serving the intent of the user for example if, if i'm searching for how long does an mba takes i'm only interested to to know the length of my studies one year two years or three years part-time whatever or if if i'm searching for does an mba degree worth it i want to go to the answer i, w- I want to read the content by the time that i'm i'm reading this content even before coming to an end i must have i must i must come to a conclusion if 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 it was pursuing that degree or no or or fill out or, or help me with the information that can uh, give me some hints for the next search. And then as I go by and search for, uh, for other terms and, and go more in depth, then it means that you as a website, as an higher education institution, has built that authority to me, because you helped me answer that question, and right. if if you have helped me answer the second question, the third one, and the fourth one, by the by the time that I am ready to take the decision and to request more information about a specific degree, I'm quite I'm I'm sold out, I'm sold out okay. to your idea, and then when your admission teams call me on the phone and 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 uh, uh, help me with this degree. Then I'm more likely to convert because you have you already have my trust. Versus yeah. versus to the idea where I might have seen an ad of you on uh, on paid ads as results on Google, and it, if that has been the first time that you have answered my question, but I, but I haven't met your website during my journey, I'm I'm less likely to trust you. Because you haven't been there helping me
0: during my journey. I love the fact that you're talking about, I answered the first big question. Then as I got to the landing page, uh, the second question I had got answered, the third question. And so as I'm consuming that content, more and more trust is building up. Now at the very end of that, what that call to action is going to be. And I love the fact that you said, I'm going to request more information. I have this argument all the time with all kinds of schools because I don't see request information. I see apply now. I think that's a big, huge jump. And I I often liken it to the fact of, you know, I would not ask someone. I didn't ask my spouse to marry me on the the first date. I've got to build that trust. I've got to woo them. I've got to, you know, that request for information is a safe way to kind of start a relationship, to start a conversation. Is that what you're finding in a lot of the work that you're doing with Menfera? Uh Well, uh, yeah. What we have found out is that um, most of universities on the market
2: actually are are focused on only on paid search, and the reason for that is that the they want to see fast results in terms of the leads, but leads do not move the needle for the business. What moves the needle for the business are apl- applications like like high quality applications and what we have found out during our experience with with seo and pay per click and uh, in higher education industry is that even though pay per click might bring a lot more leads when it comes to leads to conversion lead to conversion generation the quality of those leads coming from search is quite high and you might ask why well if you have optimized if you have that content that people are searching for and you build that kind of authority and trust and relationship with your audience and you have optimized your website for conversion. And by optimizing for conversion means that apart from having those answers, you need to have the website built in a way that is optimized to grab the user's attention and make them make them either request more information if they if they are at their phase at that phase of the journey or apply now if they are ready to apply and the keyword ready is really necessary for example if the user is is reading content about does an mba worth it it is and you have placed an apply now button there the chances of conversion is really 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 low because they are not ready yet you might add a call to action like ask or advisor for help or let us help you make make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us help make your life easier by, by helping you choose your degree.
0: Actually, and then use this to nurture them down until they are ready. And do you find that even whether it's paid or whether it's organic, I mean, obviously, nurturing them is getting them down. And, and specifically, I love the fact that you said organic tends to be a little bit more uh, quality leads because i mean they, they're actually taking the time to answer the questions that that have gotten them to you what do you think about gated content in that situation i mean is that is that a valuable way to kind of keep them moving down the path or are you I'm, I'm seeing some things saying hey gated is going away i see other things saying no gated is really a good strong perspective what are you finding in in your work
2: we in SEO tend to, I mean, uh, we have an answer for everything, and that answer is it depends. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, why? Uh, well, first, it depends on the, on the phase of the journey that the user is. If they are at the top of the middle of the funnel, gated content usually tend to perform less. And the reason why is because they are not... Until they come to the third phase and the last phase of the conversion funnel, funnel they are less invested, and, and the less invested people are into something, the less likely they are to give out their personal information. Sure. And by that mean, phone number and email address. But if you are, if you provide value before mm-hmm. asking for those for those personal information for example if the user is at the bottom of the funnel and they are reading a a content about mba in los angeles you have created a really in-depth content that helps them understand the options tuition fees the pros and cons of studying at specific location the cost of living and everything else that helps them take the decision better and you have convinced them about that value while reading that content, mm-hmm. you might show gated content. However, however, the risk is still high. And why? Because uh, because you are still asking them to provide those, those personal information for you to give them that content for free. Right. Why, uh, I mean, how? Uh, what if, You actually structure that content, provide that for free on on your website, make that rank higher on Google, and then when someone comes to your website and you win their trust, actually, and they ask for more information and become a lead, now they are more qualified, and that saves your admission team time and resources.
0: Yeah, I love that because I often hear that idea of you know are these quality leads are these are these leads that are going to be good and I and I love the fact that you've kind of indicated how that actually works so really good tip and I I love how you've kind of set that up and and kind of that <laughs> that it depends I think is a really yeah. wise way to look at it
1: so Fatan I love the way that you presented earlier the journey going from the broad and then. People's inquiries getting more specific, and also the definition between the two types of authority, which uh, I hadn't thought about it that way, admittingly. Then, paired with Bart's mantra that we need to answer the questions that our uh, future students or the people that we want to attract have. So, let's say for me and the listeners who need to create content for this, and we're hearing Google rewards, authentic content, but then I have these technical uh, ways or things that I need to meet. Can you help us bring that all together? Uh, what approach should I use when I am creating authentic content in order to make sure that I'm answering the questions Bart says I need to answer and Fatan, making sure that I'm answering those very broad questions down to the specific. Fatan, if you could start that out, please.
2: SEO is a, a long-term channel it, It's a marketing channel that actually is not for people who do not have <laughs> patience And the reason that I'm saying <laughs> that is that uh, SEO, uh, SEO takes time to bring its first results depending on your for, on your current state of the website and the performance on search engines uh, but, but basically if uh, on the mid to long term it pays is uh, we have from our experience, we have data to prove that mid-to-long-term, SEO brings more return on investment than pay-per-click. And I'm not saying that pay-per-click like, is, is um, I mean, it's still necessary. Of course, you need to complement both of them. Uh, but in terms of mid-to-long-term investment, return on investment, SEO tends to perform much, much better. And the reason for that is that while on pay-per-click, Actually, the only way to get more leads is if you pay more. On yeah. the SEO, the, the, as you grow, you tend to pay less for leads and applications compared to pay-per-click because of the compound effect. And the reason for that is that if you have served the appropriate content to the appropriate user at the right time, and you have supported that with the authority that it needs to build with link build, uh, with backlinks and on the technical side. That means that you are you are much better positioned to perform mid to long term. How much is enough? Uh, content, as everything on SEO, should come from analysis. Content means more than blog. Content means every page on your website. It means program pages. It means informational pages like contact us, an admission page and tuition fees and everything. All of this content serves different purposes. And what we have seen that it is necessary, super necessary to do even before you start planning your website is to first understand your audience, understand each of your target markets in terms of audience and then understand your markets, what geography you are hitting and who are your competitors there? What are they doing? What content they are, uh, are having on the website? What questions they are answering? Is it something that they are missing? Is this, is this something that they are doing that you can make 10x content out of that? Then if and, and only if you have done a great job into optimizing the technical side of the website, you are... In the meantime, you are building those backlinks to your website to increase the authority for the content that you are writing. And then if you have patience and you are tracking your performance on real time, and I'm talking real time because that's really necessary. It's not weekly, monthly, or quarterly, or, or, or yearly. It's real time. Then you can see what's working on what's not and iterate on that one. And then based on this, you can see, uh, you can invest on what's bringing most of the return on investment. So yeah. content is it's not a one-time done thing and then forget. It is a constant thing that you need to, to, to produce high-quality content that brings high-quality traffic, which brings high-quality prospects that are more likely to convert. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality.
0: Yeah, I love that you kind of define that and point that out because I think that's sometimes forgotten is that I think that, and and I really appreciated the fact that it's it's for people who need to be patient for, for SEO because I mean, you know, I, I have found it myself, even on my own blog at Kaler Solutions, you know, I've been blogging for eight years. And I've, you know, generated 500 pieces of content. It's all around a theme of higher ed marketing. And so I rank really high on Google for all the reasons that you've said. But I think one thing that, um, and I've and it's been a long-term play for me. I, I've, I've yeah. been patient to, to see that. Some schools are not because a lot of times, when they, at least when they call me from a marketing standpoint, it's like, hey, uh, you know, we're down in enrollment. What can we do to fix this? And, you know, usually it's, you know, there's, there's limits on what you can do. A lot of times I talk to people when things are good and say, hey, now's the time to really start looking at your content, start looking at your search engine optimization so that when times change, we're ready to go. So I yeah. really love the fact that you kind of lead with that and, and talk about that.
1: Fatan, thank you for joining us today on the Hired Marketer Podcast. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing significant lifts in yield by following your list with precisely targeted ads. And by Manifera helping higher education institutions, publishers, and SaaS companies drive traffic and leads through SEO, content, and pay-per-click services. There's a great deal more that Fatan has to offer us. We'll be back next week with more from Fatan, Bart, and myself.
0: You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.